0: ladies and gentlemen we are back for ufc vegas 39 and i'm kind of laughing at myself because it seems like the community doesn't care about this card very much but for the pundits and you know true addicts like myself you know we're gonna find the diamonds are rough to enjoy this card i don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to seem yes we're losing some of the good fights on this card but there are some other ones to you know toot the horn a little bit about so you know let's do the quick recap as usual guys 309 184 and four overall three to four no contests, but 59 and 24 and one in our last seven overall ufc cards and guys the super saint pick is starting to look crisp 11 and five overall four straight wins that puts us about three and a half to 3.6 units up and guys i'm gonna keep trying to stretch this streak for as long as i can but 23 and 4 on the last three main cards in the ufc for our pick'em stats so we're killing the game this card is probably a lot tougher than i thought the other one was going to be we went nine two and one with the kevin holland draw against uh, uh i was gonna say chris kyle dalcus and You know, I think Joe Selecki and the uh, Jared Gordon fight deserves the most bump. I thought it was exciting for the guys that really enjoy those grinder fights where it's just guys looking for an edge as much as they can. And Gordon performed absolutely amazing. And I hope he gets that patty fight the guy deserves and he put on a show. And what was a fight against a big-time prospect? So... I'm liking this card for some of those underrated reasons. I think that's what always makes a fun card happen, is when you have kind of that low expectation. So, hopefully, I can get you guys a little pumped up for this card. So, like I said, I got my wifey cup here with my latte. You know, I make a mean latte. If you ever get a chance to try one, but let's see if we can pump up the community a little bit with this. And so, as always, uh, let's get the timer started. We are going to kick off the UFC Vegas 39 with Steve Garcia and Charlie Ontiveros. Now, obviously, we saw Charlie in his debut, short notice, Kevin Holland fight. Got body slammed pretty badly, right? Neck injury that got him stretchered out. But, uh, you know, the thing about him is I find that he's very exciting fighter. The guy likes to drop his hands and find those counter shots. He's got big, powerful kicks. Doesn't throw a lot of combos, but he throws big, power one-shotters. Throws his hands down, likes to pull the Anderson Silva's and come at your face. So that's what makes his record so up and down right because i don't think that works against everyone and that's from the regional scene up that's just a tough style to maintain because not everyone is an anderson silva and for me in his debut against the guy who was two and four you know he was able to look that part but clearly as he moves up things aren't as easy for him but i like the jab i like the footwork But he's got to be more creative he's got to be able to do a bit more than just the one shots especially at this level and he's now 30 so it's going to be interesting to see where his career goes from here and this could be a guy who who is also getting an opportunity after signing with the ufc and giving kellen holland giving kevin holland a fight to at least take on and with steve garcia what I liked about the Dana, Kend- Dana White Contender Series fight was the volume. Uh, we're talking about over 100 strikes thrown. And Torres was only 22 at the time, but 7-1 and one in terms of record. So there's a, there's a bit of bump there for Garcia, I think, in just what he was able to accomplish. And you look at how much Torres was trying to take the fight to the ground. I thought Garcia did a great job of trying to avoid that. I don't even think UFC counted the one, or I should say, stats- don't really count the one takedown that uh, torres did land on him and and the big thing is how he was able to kind of find his shots never gave up he loves those inside shots right he'll grab the head throw the elbows coming with uppercuts those the things that i really enjoyed about his game just really ferocious, this pressure and i think for a guy like charlie that's going to be the problem he's kind of dropping his heads looking for counters but a guy like uh steve who's just going to be coming in and trying to bruise you up and ready to throw for volume is, is pretty much okay with taking a couple shots to make that happen And the big thing for me with steve garcia is of his three of his four losses three of them are against ricky tercios alan uh alan cruz and luis pena so when you talk about the the level of competition that he's fought it's pretty high up there and so i like the way he strikes inside i think that charlie's gonna have a problem and this doesn't seem to be a fight that's going to go to the ground at all so i think it's going to make for an exciting fight to kick things off so i'm going with the line of steve garcia at minus 200 i just think that there's no real ground worry here and his ability to kind of keep the fight pushing make it his pace and really land for volume versus uh charlie's style of just the big one shots i think it should do some good damage and so let's take a look here obviously I was off by almost 100 points we got Steve Garcia as an opener of minus 309 and he's closed about minus 350 to minus 335 by the looks of it so I think that one should be interesting and obviously we know who the favorite should be there next up my country girl Lupita Godina's fellow Canadian against Silvana Gomez Juarez and similar to Steve Garcia I think Juarez has a lot to talk about You, you you even you know reflect on her two losses I mean Botello and Lipsky are basically UFC fighters now and the fight against Lipsky was for the 125 strap in ksw and the big thing that posed problems for her there was the volume i think that Lipsky was just coming in with big combos a lot of power knees up the middle it was just too much for her to handle and you can tell there was a reason why she was a plus 440 underdog in that fight and you know she was supposed to get a contender series fight in the next week or two but she ended up signing with the ufc to be able to get this fight going now for lupita i really love the defense for me you know when it comes to the takedowns you know 85 percent and that's basically six of seven defended against Jessica Penne in her debut but also the striking differential she looks good on the feet I think that she's going to be able to implement a very similar game plan to Ariana Lipsky because the way I see it is even if she can't get in and do a lot of her inside damage she could she could be the better I mean, I think she will be the better distance striker and, and be able to get a lot of those combos off and not have to worry too much about it going to the ground unless Juarez is in trouble I feel like that's when she really does try to shoot which makes for a really good fight for Lupi. And The big thing is you want to talk about 4-inch reach advantage. I mean, I don't think that it's going to be a problem when you talk about Penne, who was 67 inches and, frankly, was trying to use it more to bring her down, which I think is a lot more scary for Loopy than a striker, which she probably can handle a bit better, especially at this level. So with the volume i'm really gonna go with loopy here and i want to give her a line of about minus 210 minus 220 i do think she should be a favorite a pretty handed one but anything over minus 250 minus 260 is just i I like the competition that uh, (coughs) uh we've seen from juarez so let's take a look here so they don't have him on odd shark but we'll check out betway directly is one of the sites that i've checked out overall but minus 275 over here a couple other places have uh our girl lupita as a minus 300 favorite so maybe a parlay piece if you're if you're hella hella confident but you know Juarez has that uh edge with her uh experience in there but from what i've seen on tape it's going to be a tough fight when it comes to volume striking next up one of my favorite fights on this card and that's purely from the grinder mma lover style so charlie rosa damon jackson you know we have to give damon jackson a bit of the edge when it comes to the grappling side of things but i love charlie rosa for those scrambles i like that he can basically keep himself in a fight anywhere you know Derek minner fight was a tough one and you talk about his losses man charles rosa is three and two in his last five but his only career losses are to Yair Rodriguez, dennis siever burgos who's the only person to finish him and bryce mitchell we just talked about the minner fight So we know that he's losing to basically ranked fighters at the UFC level throughout his whole career. And the thing with Jackson is you can kind of say the same thing for him on the regional scene. He destroyed LFA. He looked really good. And what's, you know, really funny in terms of MMA math is Kevin Aguilar was the one to beat him for the LFA title. But Charlie Rose is actually the one that really not only helped his career kind of stick around in the UFC, but also made kevin aguilar stand out like a sore thumb and he was one fight away from basically getting cut as well i want to give the edge to rosa as a fighter i just think that he can do a lot more on the feet and could be good enough to avoid the groundwork but we saw what happened with Minner. It's hard to go against that when we've seen some tape on a similar fighter. But I do think Minner is really, really good. And we saw Damon Jackson succumb to some good strikes from a guy like Ilya Tapuria. Well, he's a top five fighter in my opinion, without question. But let's take a look at the lines. I'm going to give a slight edge to Damon Jackson, recency bias, and just that video evidence of grappling control. Minus 115 would be my line. So let's take a look here oh wow so minus 126 opener for damon but now going to a minus 210 in some places minus 190 small line there rosa open as a plus 110 and now about a plus 170 to a plus 175 so i gotta be honest man you have to see the value on charles rosa there because when you look at the people he's taken on i think that damon jackson now in his second ufc stint is going to have a bit of an issue there and already guys, finishing off the prelims, Alexander Romanov and Jared Van And you want to talk about two heavyweights that had complete 180s in terms of just, you know, exposure and experience in the last fights. Talk about how good Juan Espino looked in that fight. Romanov came away with the win in one of the most questionable and controversial fights you'll ever see. Whereas Jared Vandera put on a show against a guy like Justin Taffa, who, you know, in my opinion, both, you know, personally and let's call it professionally, had a really good trajectory at this level. You know, him and Carlos Felipe have put on one of the my favorite fights during the entire pandemic, and I think that he was able to negate the exciting factor, the indiscipline factor and was really good on the feet Taffa suffered a pretty bad hand injury I'm pretty sure in that fight but Vandera looked really good and was able to use combos and his length to take away that fight all three rounds now as a three zero UFC fighter we take away the Juan Espino fight the rest of these fights are very respectable I always you know brought up the one arm choke I've ranked him in some of our old videos that we did in terms of prospect watches and you look at the way that he should be able to take Jared Vandera down I think that once Vandera gets on his back he's not gonna be able to get up and that's where Romanov does his best work so Vendera wants to kind of upset him in a little way I think that mixing up the level changes and using that length striking that he's starting to get really good with working out with uh, Sam Alvey there I think it's an opportunity for him to steal this fight without question we're going to give Romanov the edge here I just think that his style of fight and the athleticism that he brings despite the stature is something that will surprise a lot of the lower tier heavyweights outside the rankings and so I'm going with about a minus 300 to a minus 400 line for Romanov I just think that there's a lot of different ways that he can win especially on the ground if he gets Vandera on the back so let's take a look Romanov minus 400 ding 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 Vandera's is a 300 opener but guys this line at some places move all the way to s- minus 750 if you're on bodog do not touch that line because everywhere else has this line on average under minus 600 chris gutierrez and felipe colaris now the thing with colaris that i really want to just touch on is i think that for him that whole taking the damage waiting it out and then doing some of his own is going to pose such a problem here because Chris Gutierrez is a guy that throws with volume it's like he's your favorite kicker's favorite kicker man that calf kick that he throws is insane and almost 50% of his strikes are low kicks the only person we've seen deal with it is Cody Durden and Cody Durden would be the best example of kick drunk I mean the guy just kept pushing forward he was trying to you know feed some of his own leg kicks God bless him, and, you know, the thing with Chris Gutierrez, he's very underrated, 4-0-1 UFC fighter, and, you know, the debut loss was to Rowney Barcellos, who was a guy that we're talking, you know, Tim Valley, of, like, all these guys that are slowly making their way up to that next tier of, uh, you know, potential stars of maybe 2022. And that's where I see Chris Gutierrez really dominating this fight. T- 73% takedown defense for Chris. I think that's good enough in this fight for how athletic he is because the takedown should come from doing too much damage to his opponent. And the 4.3 to 2.4 striking differential with 57% accuracy and 59% defense is what makes Chris Gutierrez such a great fighter to watch on the feet if he gets confident this fight is is just going to be a tough one for like for klarish and there is so much that chris gutierrez can do in this fight so let's take a look i really am leaning chris gutierrez minus 250. i'm gonna see what this line looks like at opener chris gutierrez minus 266 Right now, sitting about minus 235, minus 220, minus 230. Kalari's open as a plus 224. If you caught the line and you're a believer, congrats. Now he's about a plus 190. Uh, some places offer you plus 175. So stay a lookout. You're looking for about a plus 180, plus 190 on that one. The next one, a lot of people are talking about. Sabina Mazo, Maria Agapava. This one's interesting because I'm really curious if Maria is going to be able to stay disciplined and not go crazy in the beginning. Mazo, the thing I love about her is she's technical. You know, I think that she's got good head movement. And the 60% striking defense is just really, really impressive for some of the fighters that she's taken on. I'm, I'm excited to see what she can do. After losing to a fighter like Alexis Davis, who I am 100% certain someone farted in that fight, and that is actually when... There's an ass grab. The camera's there, and you just hear, go check it out on Fight Pass. I ain't lying. Um, Now we can actually take a look at some of that defense, right? Uh, I I think that that's the most impressive part because you, you think about how good Alexis Davis was against her she still has a 66% takedown defense and I think for Maria there is that opportunity for potential submissions but I think Mazo's just way better on the ground and she's going to be the fresher fighter two to three rounds or sorry in the second and third rounds that first round if Mazo can just keep the distance especially if Maria goes back her old ways Dobson exploited her to an absolute T and I think that that's going to be a process where you know Mazo's 80% takedown accuracy in rounds two and three are going to Come in handy and so you talk about how she'll have advantages of potential distance striker despite the inch despite the reach and also have a favorable advantage later in the fight if it gets past the first round i mean i'm going with sabina maz was a minus 200 i don't see it going any other way and (laughs) Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> minus 180 opener for Sabina Mazo, but now she's sticking at minus 190 minus 194 I'm gonna be honest I actually thought I was gonna be a little bit too low on that line I thought this line could have hit minus 250 by now and it might even do that by about one o'clock today but I think that's a great pick I think that Sabina Mazo has all the right things going for her to win a fight like this against someone who has just so much to work on to be good at this level and now we talk about my fight of the night, man. Tim Elliott and Mateus Nicolau. Now, the thing about Nicolau that, that everyone was talking about, Manel Cap, who, who took a fight on short notice, looked like the winner of that fight. But Mateus was able to steal uh, a very close, controversial split decision. And this is going to be an interesting fight of a guy who's probably going to want to try and take a guy down after doing some damage on the feet. Does some good body work. But Tim Elliott, man, the guy is just such a gamer. We've picked him over as last two fights and he's 2-0 in those right the uh, Espinosa fight was one where there's a bit of a bit of beaking from him <laughs> but that's where I just really 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 enjoy this type of fight because we talk about the scrambling ability of Tim Elliott and you talk about the desperation side of Nicolau in that fight too against Manel and you know we didn't get to see him for a while because of the USADA violation and then he came back and is now on his uh I guess second stint with the UFC and they're giving him tough fights right like that's the big thing for me is i think that that this is a guy that's very much being told to prove himself to be able to stay here and if he can maintain control of this fight not let tim do his thing of moving around using the forward getting those little shots in you know almost like a crazier looking dominant cruise in a way he should be able to win this fight with relative ease but I mean i gotta be honest if there's fights where you want to give a guy a chance and things like this i talked about the malarkey fight right against uh, a guy like devontae smith that was one where you saw a guy who just had to last someone and then do a good job i think Nicklau has the cardio for this but the big thing is tim Elliott is a gamer and should be able to do this uh, side note i mean to gear please come back i need to see a fight soon please and I'm going with a line of minus 180 for Nick Lau. I think that Tim Elliott deserves a bit of respect here, not only for his recency bias, but I do think that he's putting in the work to fight a lot of these non-title tier guys at this level. And I think he's going to be able to put up a fight. So let's take a look beautiful guys i mean come on now how good are we minus 155 opener for nicolau minus 190 some places minus 181 for nicolau as we speak and tim elliott plus 135 dog opener i mean if you can catch him out of plus 160 right now that's your value bet i think there's an opportunity for that to hit co-main event on a ufc card randy brown versus jared gordon jared came out firing in that last time out against nicholas and came out with his uh first real big win right the thing about randy brown that stands out for me is that he's kind of a late bloomer but he's taking the right fights and looking good and even the losses right outside of luca he's three 0 since 2018 and he's got a one-arm choke of over alex Cabo or Oliveira, who we just saw have a tough fight again I really like Randy in this fight and it's for a few reasons. I like the length and the way he fights now. It's not like he has a huge advantage here, but he fights long and he moves a lot and I feel like Jared Gordon is going to be one of these guys that he comes in like this, right? he's not the craziest mover, but he's gonna look for some big counter shots he's gonna have some power and i think that randy knows that in his career that's something he's had to look out for some of these big power punches coming back that throw him off guard i mean getting knocked out by Vincent Luque, who i've been heralding as the most underrated fighter pound for pound in the ufc and he's now finally getting his dues that's the areas where randy should be able to have his way and i think that even on the ground side of things it should be a very interesting fight for him and he's also a little pissed off right gordon missed weight by one 74 and it's funny because i mean i don't even want to make fun of these kinds of things because it's not my place but for randy brown to kind of poke jokes and say things like the fact that i only get 20 percent of his 15k purse i mean that's quite a big advantage for him given the fact that i only take this little for a fight where i'm kind of now putting my name on the line so i think there's a bit more of a uh them situation here and i think randy brown's with that extra chip on his shoulder should be able to prove that prove himself here and i'm going with a minus 170 line and they open as a minus 200 now sitting closer to a minus 300 most places if you can get him at a minus 250 for that parlay piece you're looking pretty good Jared Gordon plus 170 now closing close to a plus 200 dog if you are a believer there that's a fight where I would even consider an under maybe because both these guys seem to have that ability where you know if things are going their way they might be able to finish the fight now on to the main event. I know I'm looking pretty terrible for time here, but Mackenzie Dern, Marina Rodriguez. This is a great fight, right? Grappler, striker, but I think that they're not giving enough. Credit for Mackenzie Dern's improvement in boxing while working with uh, Perlow out there. I just, for me, it just doesn't make sense that we're seeing her improve so much. Look at the Verna Jandi Robo fight. That, for me, is probably one of my favorite fights for Mackenzie. I don't even know why we saw her fight Nunez after that, Nina Nunez to be exact. But a personal thought is that maybe she just wanted to even more explore that striking uh, battle that she's trying to, you know, improve on at the UFC level. and. You know, in this case, we've got the best grappler for sure against probably one of the better kickboxer Muay Thai fighters in the women ranks, right? I think that the one thing for Marina, she's going to have to keep the distance. As much as she likes those inside strikes, the elbows, the knees, all that fun stuff, it makes a lot of sense for her to use the length and just use those, you know, jabs and paw shots that she's so good at and keep the distance for five rounds and avoid any type of submission with those long limbs that she has. And, you know, we talk about... Uh, Carla Sparza and being the goat, uh, maybe not the goat, but I love the girl, and she's got great wins over some of the biggest fighters, right? And, and that's one where she she forced a draw, uh, and that was one where uh, I think that you see just how good that Marina is in point fighting even when the MMA aspect is in there and I think that's what makes her so good but I think that McKenzie's underrated boxing right now could at least keep her in this fight a lot more than people think and you even talk about you know the moments that Michelle or sorry Michelle Waterson had against Marina Rodriguez that fourth round was all Michelle and made that a real fight and McKenzie can be ferocious, right? We talk about these classic BJJ fighters who just take damage, take damage, take damage, and wait for their moment to go land their submissions. Charlie Olives was like that his whole career. That's what made me love the guy. So that's what makes this fight so interesting for me. And, and the two inches of listed difference, I mean, it looked a little bit more at the weigh-ins, but I think that McKenzie's going to be able to deal with that. She's sparring with Cheeto Vera on a regular basis. That is Mr. Long Fighter. And so that aspect of things if you want to talk about a training partner that should be able to help you deal with the Marina Rodriguez I don't think there's a better option than uh, than, than Marlon Vera I think that Cheetos pretty much got that length and style of quick shots and try to fill combos in just like her so I'm going with Dern nothing more than minus 150 i'm gonna say about minus 140 but i think that this fight could go either way depending how these game plans play out of all the fights so far this is really one where just the outliers really kind of play a play a game on your brain to see which one's better so wow minus 165 for mackenzie during opener now getting close to the minus 200 range and you know i've seen a lot of people jump on the dog but judging by this line movement i would say that a lot of the people that are jumping on Marino rodriguez might be your day-to-day types of guys but the sharps as they say are clearly pushing this mckenzie Dern line the big money is 100 percent going on mckenzie because i didn't see the lines before but i know how many people are on marina right now for this fight and judging by this line you can just tell that mckenzie was getting some big big money going into today so that's the fights look up for the picks i should have them up within the hour instagram and twitter for the final pick picks nine and two and one overall last week i went through all the numbers already but guys we are 23 and four on the last three main cards super saiyan pick 11 and five four straight wins guys we are killing the game we are going to get this up as soon as possible fights are early in the day grab your coffees grab your lattes cheers